us we know you. Your word says that one day every knee shall bow. Lord, that's judgment day. Tonight we pray for those that don't know you. Because judgment day is too late. We're going to thank you, Father, for the salvation of our family members, our friends and the co-workers. Lord, we're going to thank you for the salvation of those that we have planted the seed of the word in. And for the opportunity to share you yet again this week. As we continue, Lord, to spread the gospel, we ask you to continue to bring in the harvest. Tonight, Father, we take a moment and thank you for Bishop and Dr. Cheryl for leading and guiding, directing us, our bishop and our pastors, leading a network, touching the globe. Father, for the vision you've given them, not for just this house, but for many. We ask you to bless them tonight. Touch them once again from the throne of grace. Lord, we lift our fellow EACM members around the globe. The challenges going out, even our church in Bermuda where the island has shut down the churches. Father, I continue to pray the moment they open those churches again, your spirit pour out. Other places where churches have been shut down, God, I speak revival spirit. Revival in the moment those doors open. We lift the ministries of this church, Lord, the chaplains, Inner Healing Deliverance, Destiny School, the prayer rooms, Celebrate Recovery. Lord, the many ministries covered underneath the roof of this house. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. Once again, we bring to you Apostle and Sister C, Dr. Garner, asking you to touch them in the latter years, strengthen them, body, mind, Pour fresh into their lives, Lord, as they continue to give forth of your word. And once again, we ask you to have your way in the remainder of this service. Lord, when Bishop and Dr. Cheryl come to the pulpit, open our ears to hear and our spirits to receive the word that you laid upon their heart tonight. Bless our brothers and sisters, our family members watching by live stream tonight. Bless those homes, Father. Thank you. Your spirit's not bound by these four walls. And tonight we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Dr. Scott, just one moment. I want to continue in the mode of prayer. How many can say last year in 2020 and in this year, 2021, You've lost someone you've loved, either to COVID or just death. Uh, raise your hands up if that's you. I want to pray. Dr. Scott, pray for your loss. We remember the Yerington family. Charles, tell us what happened. Amen. Our head deacon. Dave and Vicki Yarrington 
their son, Harold, went home to be with the Lord yesterday morning, and he's 49, but he knew the Lord, and he's walking the streets of gold, but uh, keep them in your prayers, because all of us, when we experience loss, it's us. It's not the person that's gone on to be with Jesus that needs prayer, it's us, so... Keep them in your prayers because though they are rejoicing, it's a loss for them here in this life. Amen. Everybody say Yarrington. Yarrington. Keep that family in remembrance this week. Mr. Scott, would you pray for all those who have lost loved ones or friends or neighbors? Put your hands up. For those hands that are lifted, he's going to pray. Amen. Father, in the past year, Many of us have been touched by death. I know in our household, my father-in-law passed away. A friend like another brother to me passed away. Lord, there's much grieving that comes in loss. But rejoicing coming knowing when they know you. Knowing they're in your presence. But Lord, in the time of loss, in the time of grief, there's a void and a hurt. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, right now, we reach out to the Errington family. We reach out to the friends of this young man and ask you, Holy Spirit, to comfort. The very Greek word paraclete means comforter. We ask you to wrap your arms of compassion around the family and around the friends. Lord, tonight, we're going to choose to rejoice knowing where he is. But in the time of remorse and sorrow, we ask you, Spirit, to speak. Father, I lift those that are hearing my voice right now, whether sitting in the sanctuary watching my live stream, that's been touched by death in the last year. And you continue to comfort us. Those times and those moments when it comes back and the hurt and the pain associated with it comes back, I ask you, Spirit, to lift us, to carry us, to hold us. We thank you. You take us by the hand and you walk us through this life. You never leave us. You never forsake us. But times we feel alone through this crisis, we ask that you will know that those around will know you are there. We speak peace into the family right now. I speak peace to those who've experienced loss. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that one day we're going to see them again. Tonight we choose to praise you. We choose to worship you. We ask you just to continue to touch and comfort. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
And welcome to our Facebook Amen. and our live stream family. We love you. Amen. And we're glad you're with us tonight. Okay, we got to start with a little joke. Amen. A little girl finally got to attend a wedding for the first time. While in the church, the girl asked her mother, Why is the bride dressed in white? The mother replied to the girl, Because white is the color of happiness. And it's the happiest day of her life today. After a little while, the little girl looks up at her mother and says, But then why is the groom dressed in black? And the joke doesn't go on any further than that. <laughs> now there's sheep to the slaughter. No, forget me. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this awesome day. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you that, God, you have become our habitation, not a visitation. Father, we just ask that this word be planted deep into our spirits tonight. And that, Father, we understand true alignment. How to align every area of our lives in you. And for that, God, we bless your name. And we give you thanks tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. How many of you are out there tonight? Are you awake? Ready to take a nap? I don't know. Amen. If you're at home watching by live stream, just chill out. Rest in your easy chair. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to look tonight at what it is to be in a life of alignment. Look at your neighbor or someone around you and say, is your life in alignment? And we have a guest at the very end, just for a few minutes, Patricia, what's your name? Shire? Shire. I got it right. For about three minutes talking on a line. I didn't think it's Patricia. It's not Patricia. It's Priscilla Shire. Pastor Eric, is it Priscilla or Patricia Shire? It's Priscilla Shire. Thank you. Priscilla, okay. And that is Brother Tony Evans' daughter. Amen. And she's a dino. If you saw the movie War Room, you saw her in the movie. Yes. Amen. Awesome. God uses modern technology. And like many people today, uh, they have teeth come out of alignment. And they have to put sometimes a retainer and then they follow it up with braces to get things straight and in alignment. And that's important to realize that there's deliberate alignment. That's right. And after a while, as you align the braces, the retainers come off. It's a fourth month sprint sometime for most of them. 
And they can fix the crooked teeth and get things in alignment. I want to look at tonight, as Cheryl said, things that need alignment in our lives. Take your hands and do this. Align. Say straight. Say straighten me out, Lord. Align me, Lord. How many of you have ever gone to the chiropractor? What's his job? To put your back in alignment. That's right. And sometimes he can, and sometimes he can only do the best he can do, right? But his goal is to get you in alignment. Very often, studying in the dance all my life, our ballet and modern dance and all the different forms of dance, they're... My teachers would often say, okay, stand up very straight and make sure your shoulders are slightly forward and make sure your hip is under your shoulder. And the point was to get your whole back in perfect alignment. Well, we can be aligned spiritually. Amen? So that's what we want to look at tonight as you look at your handout. All right. The first thing that sometimes gets out of alignment and it's ongoing. We find it in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. In fact, the Yardbirds made a song after these verses. Somebody remember the Yardbirds or the birds? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Ecclesi- I'm, I'm dating myself. Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1. Now, this evening, the tenses are very important that we choose the different translations. Because they'll bring different flavors. I took, we took an extensive amount of time to look up these translations because they apply to the word tonight. In Ecclesiastes, this is the KJV. Go ahead, Cheryl. To everything, there is a season. Another version says time. Go ahead, Cheryl. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Mm. So that first blank, number one, is align your time. Some of you need to look at what you're spending your time with. Mm -hmm. Every day. Social media. News. The computer. How can you better glorify your time? You only get so much time. And then it's over. Make sure you align your time properly. I remember years ago... When I was in ministry, I had timeline sheets for those who were having a hard time spending time with God every day in word and prayer. I'd say, write down the amount of time you spend in word and prayer. Watch out how much time you spend watching TV and how much you spend now would be social media. And compare the time you spend with God mm-hmm. to the time you spend watching TV. So we have to align our time 
Hold your hands up, say your line. The time. You know, I'm a believer that we make time for what we really think is important. Isn't that true? We make time. We find time if it's important to us. Same thing with finances. We find money if there's something we want to get. But God is saying to us, align your time. Make sure that you value time with God. Make sure you value time in the word, time in prayer. Time management. So align your time. And if you're watching by live stream and you want one of these handouts, just call the office. We'll be happy to send one out to you. But if you're taking notes at home, then that's number one. Align your time. And that's Ecclesiastes 3, 1, 2, and 3. Are you spending your hours in service of your most important goals? Maybe it's time for an upgrade in your time management. Mm -hmm. If that's you, lift your hands up and say, repeat and say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You see the raised hands. You see these raised hands. I ask you to deal with the people in time management of where they spend their time. Yes. Help us to realign our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say, Lord, rearrange my time. Amen. Number two. Number two, align your actions. James chapter 2, verse 18 in the GNT, Good News Translation. But But someone will say, one person has faith, another has actions. Actions. Other words, other versions will say deeds or works. This is action. That's why I picked the Good News Translation. My answer is, show me how anyone can have faith without actions. I will show you my faith by my actions. Your actions are very important. How you act. How you behave. We have to realize that just because we don't think something matters if we do it or isn't wrong. And it may not be wrong per se in the word of God. But how many of you know that there are people always watching what you're doing? Especially if they know you're a Christian. They're looking at the way you So our actions are very important. And when we come to Jesus, we don't belong to us anymore. So everything that we thought was okay, it doesn't matter what we think. It just matters, are we having a good effect? Are we setting a good example by our actions? So we've got to align those actions You can't talk about faith to somebody and you're walking around with no faith. Hello? Does that make sense? 
Fear took this country by storm during all of 2020. And yet Christians, we're, we were supposed to rise above that. At least, if nothing else, don't let it come out of your mouth. Amen? Be an encourager. An encourager to those that were full of fear. We have to believe that he's bigger. Isn't that true? Do you behave in a way that is in alignment with the purpose of your life and what you will become? What things are actions you need to stop doing? Lift your hands up. Amen. Say, Lord, align my actions, my works, my deeds. Stop some. And get me going in others. Get me going in others. Amen. Number three. Align your habits. Habits. Say habits. Proverbs 22:25 In the Good News translation. You might learn their habits and not be able to change. You want to have and learn good habits, not bad habits. And then surrender those. Surrender the bad ones to the Lord, because maybe you won't change in your own efforts. How many of you know folks that are struggling to let go of cigarette smoking? They've done everything. Patches, pills, whatever then at that point, surrender it to God. Say, God, here, I'm sick of this thing. You deal with it. And make that effort along with working with the Lord in it. Amen? Because God knows. God knows our habits. Mm -hmm. Get into good habits. Make it a habit to rise early in the morning so you can spend that time with the Lord before you even have to get moving. Surrender your eating habits to the Lord. Ask the Lord to just show you when to eat and when not to eat. Ask him what to eat. Surrender your life, your flesh, because our habits are often a reflection of our flesh. How many of you know you may struggle with things on the earth, but when you get to heaven, the struggle's over. There's no habits in heaven except one, living to worship God, serve God. But those should be the same habits in the earth, and we got to get victory because greater is he that's in me, right? So get rid of the habits. Submit them to the Lord. He understands. The enemy wants to beat you up. God wants to lift you up. In the habit of word, prayer, worship, talking to God, mm -hmm. and just don't do it until you're out of the fire. A habit is something you do over and over again. It becomes a routine. 
Just as you eat three times a day, you need to eat the Bible three times a day or four or five or spend time with God every day. You need to eat the word. Prayer. These, these things need to become habits in your life. Amen? So you need alignment in godly habits. Say alignment. alignment. Say Lord, Lord. Give me and change me and, change and align in the area my, habits. Of my habits. Amen. Good. What good godly habits do you have and what bad habits do you need to change? See, one of the bad habits for me is uh, I went to my daughter's birthday yesterday and they had an ice cream cake. And, you know, it's from... From uh, Wake Lab Place, 31 flavors? Baskin-Robbins, uh, Baskin Robbins, yeah, 31 flavors. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't have one slice. I just couldn't have two slices. I had to have three, praise the Lord. So I had a bad habit that needs to change. Everybody say amen. And uh, we have bad habits. That was my bad habit yesterday. But uh, I got home, and you know what I did? God, forgive me. I know better. All the issues I have going on, I should know better. That's beside the three cheeseburgers and two Italian sausage sandwiches I had. Everybody say amen. And I had double cheese on the burgers. Everybody say amen. See, those are bad habits. So when I got home. You got away with it too because I didn't even see it. Well, I put the two burgers in one in one bun. Amen. Okay, I'm so learning all your burger. habits. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Number four. <laughs> Let's number move on. four. We spend too much today on number three. Number four. Align your learning. Proverbs 2 5 in the good news. Align your learning. If you do, you'll know what it means to fear the Lord. And you'll succeed in learning about God. Notice the correlation here between learning and the fear of God. Oh, that's good. Look at that. Good news translation. You won't find this in the King James Version. But here it means the fear of the Lord, and you will succeed in learning about God. A reverence for the Holy Spirit, a reverence for God. Another scripture is 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself approved. Right? So God wants us studying the word. I, I want to tell you how to pray. I pray daily for my country. And for Amen. all our political leaders. And I'll just give you a little nugget here that you can use. You know what I pray for our leaders? I pray the fear of God upon them. Upon our president, our vice president, our governor. The fear of God, every Democrat, every Republican. Why? Because if the fear of God is on him, that's the beginning of what? Wisdom. I want my leaders to have wisdom to run the country. Wisdom to run the state. Wisdom to do their duties. So pray for the fear of God. For those in authority over you. So they will have wisdom to operate in their office. Isn't that what the word of God says? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. 
So if you need to pray for wisdom for people, pray the fear of God in them, and they'll get wise. Everybody say amen. Learning. You know, another thing we have to understand about learning is that when you think you know everything you need to know, that's a time that you need to learn something. Right? How many of you ever met up with people that think they know everything? But see, they can learn something. Teachable. And so we have to learn. God spoke to me a bit ago that this year, he encourages the people of God to get up and learn. Learn in the area that you work in. You may think you know everything there is to know about what, what you do for a living. But God says, learn more. Learn more, be an example. And how many of you also know that learning isn't just about book learning? We can learn from our life experience. Amen? How many of you, even as you watch us on live stream, you've got life experiences that are very valuable and people can learn from them? We need to learn. Don't, let, don't get mad or upset when you're going through a tough season or an experience. Say, okay, God, why is this happening so I can learn from it? So align that learning. Don't throw everything out the window and say, well, I'm not going to ever do that again. No, why did it happen or why are you doing it? Because God has something for us to learn. Make sense? Dr. Scott, would you pray for our learning? Our learning. Everybody do this. I'm going to straighten this area up. Father, we're always learning. Yes. And we have much to learn. The enemy speaks lies. Sometimes we believe the lies. God, I pray that you help to close off our ears to the enemy and hear your voice. And help us to align with your word, the word of learning. We thank you for wisdom. Tonight we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Number five, align your health. Like yesterday for me, three, third John chapter 1, verse 2, a familiar passage of scripture. We're going to look at it in the standard KJV. Beloved, in other words, brothers and sisters in Christ, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Here it comes. Even as, even as thy soul prospereth. When you begin to seek God and you begin to read and pray and align yourself up in areas, there will come a dimension or a move to even being physically healthier. I've watched this over the years. Now I know God does miracles and he heals people. I saw it the last two Sundays when we were out. People got healed. But there's healing in the word. He sent his word and healed them. And when people align themselves in their health, they align themselves up with God, you will see some of the physical things begin to come down, change, and God brings a healing process over time. Align your health. 
You should be looking at what you eat. Mm-hmm. Look at your exercise. Are you getting exercise? Oh, I just don't have time. There's always 15 minutes to exercise. Do something. Go take a walk. Walking is the best medicine for life. How about kissing you for 15 minutes? Is that exercise? That's not your health. But it brings good health. <laughs> well, I don't know. They don't mention any of that. How about cuddling for 15 minutes? That's not exercise. Yeah, i got to move around. Oh, okay. We're talking about your vitality. Yes. Physical right. health. Physical health. How many so here, you've got to exercise. You've got to look at your nutrition. In fact, uh, Tiffany Stevens is in our body here, and she has a degree in nutrition from uh, Michigan State. And she has offered and come to me and said, hey, I will work with people one-on-one if they would like to learn about nutrition. Man, what a blessing. You know. And there's no charge for it. You just get on the phone and she begins to minister to you and look at what you're eating and what you're doing and exercise. We have to be an example in the body of Christ Amen. to the world that our health, our nutrition, that it lines up. It's in alignment. Make sense? How many need to change some of their health issues? Yes. Okay. You change, align your health. Mm-hmm. Lift your hands up if that's you. One of the Brunells, would you pray, please? One of the reverends. This is serious that we... Line ourselves up so we can last longer for God. You know, like I said, I got home last night and asked God to forgive me. But how many years did I abuse my body? I didn't ask for forgiveness. So that means that God is dealing with me. Amen? How many years I didn't even think about it? Just ate and enjoyed it. Health is important. We have to align ourselves healthy. Our weight. Our physical appearance. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you that we want to walk in the spirit and not carry out the desires of our flesh, which includes overeating, Lord God, or smoking or doing things that are unhealthy for our bodies, God. So we're looking to you for your wisdom, Father. And let us just be excellent stewards of this temple, Lord God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. So we thank you, Father, that we're going to say no to ourselves because the Holy Spirit gave us uh, self-control, Father God. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So thank you, Jesus. Right now, Father, we pray that for a proper alignment, Lord God, time to exercise uh, a wisdom on choices of what food to eat and what food not to eat, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for that we would be established in doing the right things, Father. Uh, and we give you all the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Number six, align your core, C-O-R-E, beliefs. Align your core beliefs. What do you believe and why do you believe it? Amen. Are there things that matter most to you? What matters most to you? And is there any disconnect 
with your belief system and current thinking that needs to change? Let's look at this. John eleven twenty six. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? See, what do you believe? I know Christians that don't even know why they believe what they believe. And this is important because we live in a time where there are so many, there are so many crazy doctrines floating around. And there are so many uh, doctrines that sound good, sound God, but ain't God. We got to wake up and know, hey, this is what I believe, and this is why I believe it. And then we've got to be willing to not compromise. Amen? We believe it, and no compromising, and nothing When it comes to our belief in Jesus, it's not negotiable. Amen. You know, I've had people say to me, Christians, do you really believe that Jesus is the only way? I mean, look at so-and-so. They believe a little different, but they're good people. doesn't matter how good of a person they are. If they don't know Jesus, they're going to spend eternity with the enemy. They're going to hell. Now, that sounds harsh, but either you believe what this Bible says and it's not negotiable and there's no compromise. We got to know what we believe because the enemy can get in there with all the little questions and all the little turns and twists. And before you know it, you're thinking, I don't know if I believe that. What do you believe? What are your core beliefs, your gut? Man, to me, the blood is the thing. If you don't believe in the shed blood of Jesus, and that's why you'll spend an eternity with him, and that's everything that your whole belief system lives upon, I'm not negotiable on that. I'm not compromising. This is it. I don't care how many prayers you pray. I don't care how many pages of the Bible you read. If the blood of Jesus is not what's redeemed you, your Bible pages or whatever is, forget it. That's non-negotiable. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Know what you believe and why. I shared this morning, and I want to share it again tonight. Some of you are not here this morning. Several years ago, I was driving in a car, listening on the radio. And I believe that God wants to heal us and prosper us, you know. And God's a God of blessings, but... I was listening to the radio preacher and he was going on. Yeah, he bore our sins at Calvary. He put it at the cross at Calvary. I said, amen, amen. Yeah, Jesus, he bore our sickness and disease at Calvary. I said, amen, amen. By his stripes you are healed. Then he went on to say, yes, he bore our sufferings at Calvary. So, and he went on and I'm going, the Holy Spirit quickened it to me. Just like that. He bore your sufferings at Calvary. I walk in a life that I don't have to suffer. See, you got to know what you believe. You got to know this word. If you study Paul's life, if you study the New Testament, Christians, yes, will be blessed, but they will suffer. I don't you don't like to hear that, but that's what the Bible says. We all got to go through. We all got to suffer. 
But here I am listening, and if I didn't, Holy Spirit didn't quicken it to me, I don't, yeah, I got to walk. I'm always walking in victory. I'm always 100% victorious. And if I'm not, it must be my faith. It must be something else. I'm called to walk and never suffer. He bore it at Calvary. No, he didn't bear your suffering at Calvary. Tell that to the persecuted church. Tell it to the suffering church. Tell it to the forgotten church in third world countries. Somehow we think that we don't have to suffer in this life. Yes, he wants to bless you. Yes, his blessings are in our lives. But we have to align our beliefs. Do this. Say, Lord, align my beliefs. Say, Lord, help me to know what I believe and why from your word. Amen. Number seven, align your impact on others. Well, this is, I had to put this one in here. Align your impact on others. If you do this, you will touch people's lives. So you will impact what? Others. Mark chapter 16. You all know this one. Verse 15 through 18. He said to them, Go, 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 go. go. I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell me. I'm waiting on the right timing of God. I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to move out of this. Shut up. I want to wait on the Holy Spirit. Go, go, go. And this morning we looked at when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. When you feel led and when you don't feel led. He said, go, go. Everybody say it. Come on, say go, 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 go. While well, I'm waiting on God. Go ahead. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. You're going to impact people if you cast out devils. If people are getting saved, you're going to impact people. Go ahead. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen. There's another part to that verse. They shall lay hands on the The sick. The rest of that verse. And they shall be healed. And they shall be healed. So align your impact on others. Your impact on others. If you do what that verse says, go, if you pray for your neighbors, you pray for your family members, well, they'll never get healed. Watch. You keep praying. The more you pray, you'll see an increase in the people that get healed or touched. They'll say thank you. Go to the world. You know, uh, the other day, uh, there was a gentleman who was in the hospital. He's 49 years old. He was on life support. And my wife went to the hospital with, with uh, Chaplain James to see Harold. And while they were in the hospital, I could just let her go, but 
I says, put the phone up to his ear. I says, God loves you. God cares. You're getting ready to make a transition. I want to make sure that you're right with him. You need to ask God to forgive you and turn from some things. I give him the gospel of Jesus. I says, if you can hear me, blink your eyes. He blinks his eyes. I says, when I got through, I says, when you, when you say this prayer in your heart, and when you say it in your heart, blink twice. Guess what he did? He blinked twice. Well, how do you know? I know that I know that he made his peace with God. And Cheryl prayed. He made peace with his brother. You see, we have to align the impact, the impact we have on others. Do you have an impact on other folks in the area of kindness? See, when, are you kind? Are you compassionate? Are you full of gratitude? When people look at you, do they, do they see those qualities? Or they talk to you. Do they experience those things? It's really key. Because we say we love Jesus, then we are to be like Jesus and impact lives. You exist. The reason you exist once you come to Christ is to serve Jesus and be a reflection of him in the earth. You're, you don't exist for your job, your kids, your mate your neighbors, your family, you exist to serve God and please him through your life. And so that's an impact. You should have an impact on your family, an impact on your neighborhood, an impact on your kids. And, you know, one of the things you have to realize is you say, well, my family makes fun of me. That's a good thing. Think about it. It's okay if they... You know, oh, don't, don't cuss in front of so-and-so. She loves Jesus. That's good. That means they're convicted that they won't cuss in front of you. What's that about? See? So it's okay. It's a good thing. You know, I'm part of a uh, board of directors in the city here. And uh, when we go in to have a meeting, they don't look around the room and say, Hey, Joe, who owns the bar down the street, can you pray? They look right at me and they say, Pastor, would you mind praying to open the meeting? Have that kind of impact, impact so that they know you're different. It's okay to be different. Who cares? Make fun of me. I don't care. One thing I know is when you need prayer for some, you're going to find me. Isn't that true? How many of you have had that experience? Your family may not like all about you, but when they need something from God, you seem to be the one that stands out. Because that's the impact that you have. It's awesome. Clark and the team goes out every Saturday. Yeah. They have an impact on the community. Right. Amen. People walk in my office. We pray. We're making an impact on all those lives. People call the office here. We pray with them on the phone. We're making an impact. And when you pray for your family members and your neighbors, or when you hear and you pray for the loss, and you say, yes, I agree, amen. You're praying with Dr. Scott or Pastor Lance Green, praying for the lost around the world, your families. Amen, you're making an impact because you're part of the intercessory prayer team. Amen. Awesome. So, align, say align. align. Put your hands up, say align me, Lord. Align me, Lord. Straighten me up, Lord. Straighten me up. Let me make an impact. 
on others. Next one, align your relationships. This is in the NLT. I believe this is Proverbs 18 and 24 in the NLT version. There are friends, quotation marks, who destroy each other. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. How many of you ever had friends that could destroy each other? Those are not friends, right? But the key here is align your relationships. Find out, take a hard look at who you're hanging with. Hello? Well, I hang out with Sister Susie, and she's a Christian. Maybe Sister Susie does nothing but murmur, complain, criticize, and find fault. Kick her to the curb. You can love her, but you need to maybe put her aside as far as a being a, a, a relationship in your life. Because Sister Susie's not in alignment, and that pulls you off from being in alignment. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Take a look at who you hang with. What's coming out of their mouth? How many of you know people that do nothing but murmur, complain, and talk negative? That's okay to love them. It's okay to give them, you know, some insight sometimes. But to have a regular relationship day in and day out, you need to take a look at that. Mm. I don't want to hang with them because I don't want to become like them. Does that make sense? Pull you up toward your vision or pull you down? Read this, Cheryl, would you? Does your circle of friends add value and help you achieve your bigger vision? Or do you need an alignment on who you choose to keep close to you? Hmm. Got to take a look at that. Prophetically around the globe, God said this year that he was cutting off some relationships in our lives. And we're meeting others and hooking up with other people. There's a key to that, and there's a reason for that, because God's aligning your relationships. Make sense? Good job. Say, align me, Lord. Align me, Lord. Align the relationships. Align my relationships. Some of you need to make some decisions about some of your friends. That's right. Amen. I'm not talking about Christian friends. I'm talking, some are. some are, could be, but, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the people that pull you down. Like if you've got friends that are Christians and smoking dope, doing drugs, and you know, you're always around them, they want to encourage you to do it, and you've been delivered from that, you may have to pray about that relationship. You may have to go to a ministry-only relationship. Ministry-only, not fellowship. Or you come into relationship with Jesus. And I understand sometimes, you know, if it's your family, it's not easy to pull away from that. But oh, amazes me is when people come into relationship with God and they're still a year later hanging with these unsaved people, doing all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> okay, what's up with that? We need to take a look at stuff like that. Because we want to surround ourselves, not that we become elite or something, but 
What you hang around influences you. Does that make sense? Okay. Align your what was that? Relationships. Relationships. All right. Number nine. Align your goals. Second Corinthians five nine. Align your goals. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Whoa. Aha. You ever wonder why you exist? It's, it's right here. This is, there it is. You won't find this in, in the uh, King James Version. This word goal. That's it. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal, our aim, our alignment is to please him. It doesn't say to please you and him. It doesn't say to please you. Your goal is to please him. him. That's good. What about me? That's the problem. You're bought with a price. You don't belong to you. You exist to please the one that created you. That's why you exist. And along the way you get blessings. Part of the reality too is I had to take a look at this one because I said, Lord, I don't even know if I have any goals. So how many of you, you haven't thought much about it? What are your goals? And we have to just spend that time before the Lord and say, Lord, what, what's a goal this year that I want to reach? What do you want me to do? He'll give you goals. Mm-hmm. You know, people have said to me, you have to have goals. What are your goals? I don't want my goals. I want to hear what God says so I can live what he wants me to live. But make your goals in God realistic. Yes. And I'll never forget, we were ministering for this pastor one time at his church. and So after we were done ministering, uh, he wanted to just sit and chat, so we were talking to him. And So uh, Bishop said to him, what's your vision for the church? Oh, and now this, this building was only, it could probably only seat about 50, 75 people. And so he says, oh, I'm out of here. God's giving me a uh, huge building that'll seat 5,000 with, um, you know, an airport thing attached to it so I can land and take off in a plane. And we're building a hospital, too. And I'm just like, wow. And I, I just, he says, what do you think, Dr. Cheryl? I said, I don't know. I'm already overwhelmed. <laughs> you lost me back at the airport. <laughs> Make, you know, ask God for goals, but we want to be able to have a goal, but you want to be able to also reach it and a little beyond? Does that make sense? Not to mention, how many of you would really be thrilled to have a hospital, an airport, and all kinds of other junk to take care of? It's like, whoa. Not that God can't. Can God do it? Sure he could. But I know for myself, I said, God, I don't want an airport. I don't want a hospital. I just want what I can manage, God, yes. unless you get involved. How many of you hear what I'm saying? So get your goals in alignment. Don't be crazy out there. But something that God can do. 
and can do well through you. Okay. Do your short-term goals line with your long-term ones? A goal alignment will ensure you're using your energy wisely and effectively. I used to, in my prayer log, open it up. I still have it there. One-year goals, three- to five-year goals, and over five years. I break it into three different sections. Less than one year, one to three, and three to five. Now, you can't be hard fast. You have to be able to adjust and change the goals. You can't lock in. It has to be. You have to be flexible. Cheryl used to say you have to write it in pencil so you can erase it. But put some goals down. Realign your goals. Some things aren't practical. Amen? It may never come to pass. Maybe you want to read through the Bible in a year. That's a good goal. Maybe you want to take some classes at Destiny School of Ministry. Those are doable goals. Maybe your goal is to graduate from Destiny, from Bible College. You can do that. And that would be a three- to five-year goal. Goals should be something you can reach. Right? Good. If you don't have anyone, you're just existing as a Christian and paying bills and paying the rent and putting food on the table, then you have missed something. You need to have goals. Amen? You need to align your goals. Say, Lord. Lord. Align. Align. Take your finger. My goals. My goals. Amen. Lord, you saw their pointed fingers. Help them to align their goals. Download by the Holy Spirit to them. Changes as they realign and straighten up their goals in life. Amen. I, I remember I made a goal when I was a new Christian. <clears throat> One of my goals was to get off of drugs. Get off alcohol. Stop smoking cigarettes. I was a, a fiend. I never needed a lighter. You know why? I'd light one one after another. I always borrow a lighter because I could just light one cigarette after another. And when I was gambling, oh, I was a chain, addicted smoker. So I had goals as a Christian in these areas. Amen? But sometimes we have to realign our goals. Okay, now I got alcohol and drugs behind me and cigarettes. Now what's next? My mouth. My eating habits. What I watch on TV. Well, I'll, I'll just be nice and leave it alone right there. Everybody say amen. <laughs> Number 10. Align your calling. Align your calling. Look at this. What have you been called to do? Look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24. I have been calling you, inviting you to come. But you would not listen. You paid no attention to me. Mm, leave, leave that up there. I, I want people to see this. Put your eyes on the screen. This is the word of God. This is the heart of God calling out to you. I have been calling you. Inviting you to come. But you're not listening. You paid no attention to me. Boys, they're getting quiet in here this evening. Everybody say amen. amen. Did you hear the heart of God yeah. crying out for his creation? 
hear the heart of God? Oh, I'm busy. I'm so tired. I got no time. I, I, I got this to do and that to do. And what about this? I've been calling. I know the Lord. I know. I'll, I'll get there a little later. Not right now. I got this thing. I, oh. Hear the heart of God. How much he loves you. How much he wants a relationship with you. In the greatest sense, where, what were you meant to do? What gift do you have to share with the world and how do you want to be remembered? The more vividly you align with your big vision or your calling, the more likely you'll be able to achieve it which is your calling. Every person has a calling on their lives. Mm-hmm. Livestream family, there is a call on every one of your lives. If you have said yes to Jesus Christ, there's a call on your life to do something for God. Now, you may not be walking in it in, in its entirety, but you should be walking toward it be walking in the midst of it, be doing something for God, telling somebody about Christ. Your calling is simply to serve God and to spread the gospel. Go and spread the gospel. That's a calling. People that aren't saved can't answer that call, right? But we're called. We're called. And Who is it that inspires us? The Holy Spirit. That's why God gave us the Holy Ghost. So that we'd sense that little nudging, that tap, that prompting to share. You know, I I said this morning, I think, uh, a a gentleman, I had to come in here early the other morning before anybody got here. And this gentleman was delivering some supplies for me, and he could only come at 8 o'clock. So I got here, and he delivered them. And as he was about to walk out the door, the Holy Spirit said, ask him if he needs prayer for anything. Now, was that my great idea? No. I was half asleep. I had to get dressed and come over here. But the Holy Spirit just said, ask him if he needs prayer. And it was a thought that went through my mind. So right away I jumped up and I said, Hey, do you need prayer for anything? He goes, Yeah, funny you should ask. I said, That's the Holy Ghost. He said, Oh, I love the Lord. I said, Awesome. I said, What can I pray for you for? Oh, I need discernment. I have a bunch of jobs offered to me, but I want to take the one God has for me. Awesome. And we prayed right there. He says, man, you guys do a great work here. I said, well, we try. We all have a calling. Your job, that's a calling. It's not where you just get paid every week or every two weeks or whatever. Your job is a calling. That's where God's put you to answer the call. It's a mission field. You don't have to get in an airplane or a car or a bus and go over to another country or go to another state to do mission work. All you got to do is get up and go to work in the morning. And that's a mission field. Calling. What's God saying to you? 
That's your calling. Amen? Look at that verse one last time as we prepare to close and get the clip ready. I have been calling you, inviting you to come. But you would not listen. You paid no attention to me. Don't let that be said about you. If you're like me, you probably have several areas that could use some alignment. Straighten you out. Put your hands up. The Lord align me. This is not something that you just do once or twice. This and is these habit. aren't, you don't need to be aligned maybe in your life in every area. But the Holy Spirit tonight will show you which ones are jumping out at you. Amen? And as you align yourself more to please him, to go higher in him, to fulfill your calling, your goals, the more you align yourselves, the more fulfilled you will be. I want to draw this clip here from, it's not Patricia, what's her name? Priscilla Shriver. Priscilla what? Priscilla Shire. I'll get it. I call her Patricia Shriver. But it's Pat 